again. Thank you all for joining us for Nuance. I am Mike Scala, joined as always by Jay Carter, also known as Timid, the hip hop artist and the chair of BLM Tokyo. What's going on, Jay? Uh, just uh, finally realizing that we're about to have this this uh, season change because it was a little chilly when I woke up this morning. So you see, I got a hoodie on. It's been raining for four days and four nights in New York, and people are saying this is biblical. It certainly feels <laughs> that way. Well, we'll, we'll see about that. Um, but I did want to mention I am a little sore because I did start a couple of challenges um, within the last two days. So putting it out to anyone listening and to you as well, um, doing a um, – a mountain climbers challenge oh so it's a 30-day mountain climbers challenge um every day there's um i think the first day was like 30 and the next day was like 50 i think today it's supposed to be like 60 or something like that so Not 60 mountains huh Not 60 mountains yeah man you're climbing so, 60 mountains a day yep gonna have to do it Really? Is it a trail that you go on or is it actually? Uh, is that a spreadsheet? I don't know what that is. Oh, uh, yeah. It's a it's a schedule of, of the 30-day mountain climber challenge that I'm doing. Anyone interested in joining, you know what? I'm gonna put the I'm gonna put the graphic in the chat. Go for it. In the meantime, yeah, I'm jump on it. I want to introduce Sheba Abraham as well for the League of Women Voters. I know you've been busy with your organization right Sheba what's going on with you yes yes I have we're preparing for our annual meeting on uh, Friday September 29th uh, at Winecliff Winery it's in Gardiner New York nice. um, from what I understand the place is it's from what I understand that winery happens the wineries up here are beautiful and that winery is very beautiful I heard as well and also, too, we're um, also with the elections, county elections that are coming up here in, uh, in our county, um, I had to get formalized some questions uh, for each, um, for the DA, the county legislator, family court judge. We're going to ask them some tough questions mm. so that we can make sure that the people know, get the right answers and see where these uh where they stand on certain issues right right we always struggle when people run for judge trying to ask them questions or questions that they could answer right because oftentimes they'll yeah. say they're not allowed to speak on many is issues true. of substance right they can't say how they would rule on a certain issue but they're running right. for judge so how do we get a sense of whether they represent our values whether we want them on the bench well we can always ask them what was their um like, what is your stand on maybe child abuse or if it's family court? Uh, how, uh, what is your the toughest, uh, what is the uh, most difficult case that you had? And oh, I see. You Make see, about their experience. Right. That's if they've been on the bench before or if they were, I mean, I, I guess they should be a lawyer, at least in practice, but you don't know what kind right. of law they've been practicing. So it right. might be tough to get that experience out of them. Usually when people run for judges around here, they're very discreet. They say they can talk about their background. They end up talking about their family. Um, one of five siblings, it was, let me tell you how hard it was growing up in that house, but they don't really tell you anything of substance that you want to hear about how they would be as a judge. 
Yeah, this is true. And it's, it's going to be interesting to hear what they say and how, uh, how, because we can now always ask them um, from county to county, um, do you agree with some of the decisions that are made by your fellow judges? It's tough, though, because they really yeah. aren't supposed to give any indication as to how they might rule on a case on the bench. And so at a certain point, they can say, I can't speak on that. This is true. But we can try. <laughs> oh, yeah. Try to push it. We have to get better information right. than we have, for sure. Yeah. And when I looked at the, I said, oh, man, a family court. That's good. And I looked at that and I said, it's going to be tough. That's why I try to generalize the question as mm -hmm. much as possible, because you have cases that are very, um, very delicate. Yeah. Some cases you can't speak at about at all. You, the slightest word may get you in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Family court is a whole different. Yeah. But uh, so, well, good luck with that. I'm going to see if I can make it. This has been the month from hell for me. Good and a bad thing, right? It's like I say, it's always good to be busy, but I'm also looking forward to being through with September. It's been one thing after another in terms of the business cases I'm working on, public appearances. Of course, we got the rally at the city hall earlier in the month, political things happening, all kinds of stuff going on. Can't forget the music. So I'm looking forward to it being done. I just celebrated a hearing that I had on a motion last week. And of course, there was a lot of paperwork right because it's you know if you file a motion the other side then will provide opposition and then you provide a reply and so you're talking a lot of legal research that goes into it a lot of just banging your head against the wall for hours on these arguments and then you have to go into court oftentimes and argue it which i had to do on this one and so i was very happy that that was done that we got that motion finished and now we wait a decision. But that was the end of last week. On Friday, I decided to reward myself with a trip up to New Haven, Connecticut, uh, just to celebrate being through with that motion because I knew this week things would pick back up again. So I wanted to try their pizza. That's why I drove up there. You would hear a lot about New Haven pizza. Some have gone as far as declaring New Haven the pizza capital of the world. Have you heard this, Shiba Jay? No, no what? I, I always thought the Bronx was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so what? obviously I've never being, heard that either. Being yeah, from New York, we're very proud of our pizza, but New Haven does offer a different style that many people really enjoy. And it's characterized by thin crust and it's well done, right? So it's crispy, well done, thin crust, and it's different. Some people say you really can't compare it to New York pizza. It's a different thing altogether, but it's not quite the departure that let's say Chicago deep dish is. I mean, this is pizza. I think you can compare it a little bit to New York. It's still it's like the same, same kind of pizza, kind of, right? It's just thinner and crispier and whatnot. The thing is, so I went to this place called Sally's, which gets the best reviews. I always say people think it's, it's the best. And it's, it's actually become a little bit of a tourist attraction because I got there. First of all, you know, I went in rush hour, I guess it was, you know, kind of like late evening. And so, um, it took over two hours to get up there from Queens, but because of the traffic, right? Mm -hmm. Got there and we found that people were waiting online at this place, Sally's, for a long time. They told us the wait was 45 minutes just to get into the, the pizzeria. Uh, but people were there from, I think, Canada and they drove down from all over the place. It became like this, like I said, this tourist destination because of the great reviews. This place is like internationally renowned at this point. Sally's in New Haven, right? 
So awesome. you went in for it. I liked it. You know, I thought it was good pizza. My critique of it is it was so overcooked because that's the thing. It's, it's well done, right? It's crispy. The, the, the crust is all charred or burnt, depending on how you look at it. And that's fine. Some people like it like that. But the problem with me was I like the style of it, like the texture of it. It almost felt like it was cooked so much that it lost some of its taste because the taste wasn't anything special to me. It just tasted like regular pizza. Like it wasn't tangy sauce or sweet or spice or anything like that. It was just like regular plain pizza sauce to me. I think maybe it lost its taste by being cooked so long. I don't know. So I went today and I got myself New Park, which I live right around the corner from New Park Pizza in Howard Beach, just to verify. Yes, that taste is a lot better than the taste I got up in New Haven. Now, if you could somehow combine the two, I would be all for it, right? If you can get that really crispy, uh, well done, thin crust with that New Park taste, that's the best of both worlds. But my running theory is when you cook it so long, you're losing some of the flavor. I, I'm looking at some of the pictures. I haven't had it. Um, yeah. And yeah, it does look like it's burnt. Um, a little oh, overdone. What what does look appealing to me is like it looks like it's very sauce heavy. I'm a I'm a sauce guy. Like I want extra sauce on my pizza. Couple things wow. on that point. So they do have a sauce only pizza on the menu. I didn't get that one, but they've got one without the cheese. It's just oh, the sauce yeah. on top of the the crust, and I guess that's pretty popular there as well. The one I got was the sauce with the cheese, but because it was cooked so much, I think the cheese might have burned off a little bit or it got thinner like the, really? the, the cheese was, like, was almost like cooked over and so that's why it looked very sauce heavy and i actually don't mind that i'm not a big cheese guy myself but i just felt like it was maybe cooked a little too much and it, it just lost some of this essence by being in there that long i don't know that's, that's what I'm, yeah. I'm guessing because it didn't have a great taste to me i like yeah taste. it didn't taste well that you should have added something michael i guess see when i go to places and they cook the, it's a brick oven sounds like was it a brick oven pizza I think it's called it's called coal fired brick or something like that. Coal oh, fired yeah. brick oven, yeah. It seemed like it was a brick oven pizza, but yeah, yeah. you can't have brick oven pizza without the cheese, the sauce, the meatballs. You have oh, to no, dress no, it up. Meatballs, now we're going, now we're getting carried away. So you here's have the to dress toppings it up. are fine. Toppings are fine. People put all kinds of toppings on. Jumping pizza. out the window over there, Sheba. But here's the thing. I don't think <laughs> you need to so so if you're gonna judge how good a place's pizza is, I think the pizza should speak for itself, right? You can add toppings if you like them. I put anchovies on things, I got pepperoni sometimes, mush, whatever. But give me a slice of the cheese pizza because that's the way you can compare it to any other place. And I think the like for example, New Park right around the corner, you don't need any toppings. You can put toppings, they're still good with the toppings, but you get me a regular cheese pizza from New Park and it's gonna be delicious, right? I want that same deliciousness. If I'm going to say that place in New Haven can compete with New Park here, then it should be delicious on its own. Yeah, now, yeah, you can put the peppers on it and the garlic, whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. But I don't think you should need to do anything special. I mean, some people say, for example, oh, maybe you should go up there and tell them don't cook it so much or put extra cheese. Or do yeah, you can do all that. But I'm judging it based on I'm ordering what's on the menu and I'm getting what you give me. And I want to see if it stands. Well, 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 right? Yeah. What's your opinion? You What's your idea of a pizza, of a good yeah, pizza? Yeah, yeah. Let's start. That's like the baseline, right? Like, what, yeah. what are you working with? What's your offering? What do you, this is what yeah. you open the store to do. Let's, yeah. let's see what you're doing. Yeah. Everybody else is, is extra. I mean, even New Park, and some people will say this to be fair, right? This is nuance. Some people will say with New Park, it can be hit or miss. And I agree. It's always good in terms of the taste. Sometimes I think it doesn't get cooked enough, believe it or not. It's a little, little, I don't know, just un undercooked, right? A little raw-ish. And so some people say, well, when you order it, ask for it to be well done. Okay, that's all good. 
I think though you should, if you're going to be judging a place, you should be just being be saying, "All right, give me your pizza," and then you should have to order it a special way or put certain right. things on it, right? Or spin it around three times. Like, no, just give me the pizza, and then we'll go from there. <laughs> I agree, because otherwise, otherwise, I'm doing the cooking, basically. Yeah, and it should be a controlled <laughs> experiment, right? We want to judge one to one. It shouldn't right, be right. this place. You have to order it like this. This place only works if you put like three shakes of the. Wow. the like, nah, nah, nah. I'm, I'm ordering your pizza, and I want to see what your pizza is. And you well, know what it is? Also, the topping. Some people say that I'm a little snobby with that. No, like if you were to get, for example, Domino's, right, or one of these places, one of these chain places. Let's say it's late at night. All the good pizza is closed. You're starving. Nothing else is open. You're gonna get a, a Domino's pizza for whatever reason. What do you That's do? Fine. You get load a Domino's thin crust with extra cheese, extra sauce. They make a pretty good thin crust. And and a ton of toppings, right? Mushrooms, peppers. But I don't get the toppings. You don't get the toppings. No, I mean, when, no, no toppings. I I like when I go like where you went to Sally's. Yeah. That's where I get my toppings. Really? Oh, I just yes. Okay, so it's for, crust, see, for me, oh, I could only really stomach a pizza like Domino's, something like that, if there's a ton of toppings on it, because that masks um, the, the weakness of the pizza, right? But if you're putting the peppers and the mushrooms, all the things, that's like, all right, I really eat pizza. You eat just all this nice stuff that you're putting on it. But I would never get a plain pizza from Domino's. See, to me, you put a lot of toppings on a pizza <laughs> to mask the fact that it's bad pizza. But if it's good pizza, you don't need any toppings. Don't forget the pineapple, though. Yeah, right. <laughs> Domino's with pineapple? Uh, yeah, you can. Oh. I'm going to say this, though. And it and, and might be offensive to, to New Yorkers, but Pizza Hut has the best crust of any pizza. Pizza Hut's pan pizza. Can't mess with it. Well, Pizza Hut's pan Pizza Hut in the South to me is better than the one in the North. Oh, really? I didn't know there's yes. a difference. Well, there's pan, a difference. The pan pizza crust can't you can't can't mess with it. Yeah, and the South it's is a very personal good. pan, right? Personal pan pizza. Just mm -hmm. the regular. Yeah, well, personal is just a smaller version of it, but yeah. they do it the way they cook it in the pan and with the oil, it makes it very crispy. Where the whereas the 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 crust can kind of stand on its own, um, and so. You know, you know how you get to the end of the pizza and you got this big hunk of bread and that can be hit or miss depending on where you're at, whether or not that that's enjoyable to eat. But with the Pizza Hut one, there's that crust is is flavorful. It's crispy. Well, that's what New Park here does well. The mm. crust is really good. I think they put some salt even like on the bottom of it. It just it's a very it's a tastier pizza. The, the crust, the, even the sauce has, has a good taste to it. It's a light slice so when you pick it up it doesn't feel very heavy and it goes down very easy it's also kind of thin i think new park to me is the gold star slice especially when it's cooked the right way when it's, when, you know, it's not undercooked you know i was a little disappointed in new haven it, and and you know coming back you know, it took less than two hours so it wasn't that big of a trip coming back but i would i did make that trip out there expecting something a little bit better than what I got. To be fair, that was only one. Uh, the place I went to does seem to get the highest reviews, but there's another place that also is very well liked out there called uh, Pepe's. I think Frank Pepe's it's called. And from when I oh, looked at it, you see some more of the cheese coming off of it. So I don't think that maybe from what I'm seeing, at least, it doesn't seem like that gets uh, burnt as much. So maybe I like that more. All right. All right. Now mm -hmm. I'm hungry and it's 830 <laughs> in the morning and I want pizza. So thanks for that. <laughs> I never do cold pizza though. If, if it's morning, and I don't like leftover pizza really either. It's got to be fresh. You know? Oh, okay. 
Uh, if it was good yesterday, I'm uh, and I'm hungry. I'm going to eat it today. Well, what do you guys right, think in the right. chat? Because this is, I think, a very important subject to our New York audience. Yeah, right. So, what else? What else went on this week? What do we got this week? Aside from pizza. Aside from pizza. You mean there's nothing? Uh, I mean, once you talk to, talk about pizza, it's kind of all downhill from there. Yeah, right. <laughs> I haven't eaten breakfast yet. Oh, I did want to mention this continuation, I guess, of the identity theft uh, that was going on in our family. I think I might have mentioned it a few months ago on right. here. I'm not sure. But believe it or not, uh, Friday, when we were, I was doing the pizza run, at the same time, my mom was getting uh, an alert from her bank uh, on her debit card asking if she made a purchase for jewelry at a jewelry store in Brooklyn for thousand dollars i think it was it, it seemed like oh. almost two thousand dollars was being charged from her debit card obviously without her authority and also without these folks whoever had whoever had her information they didn't physically have the card she had the card the card wasn't misplaced so they were purchasing something with the debit card which were i guess a fake version of her debit card okay. using her pin number that they somehow got um trying to charge her almost $2,000. And so that is a cause of concern. I'm asking around and even at the bank, you know, I, I took it to the bank earlier to try to get it straightened out. It seemed like this is something that's been happening. So we need to be cognizant of this. I know that there are scammers who install small uh -huh. cameras at ATM machine. We don't know exactly how this happened in this particular case, but I've heard this, that they'll install these cameras and they'll get a picture of the debit card or the ATM card as you're putting mm -hmm. it in the machine. And they'll also get you entering your PIN number because apparently they, they used her PIN number and they might've even changed her PIN number because when she was trying to use the card recently, they told her she had the wrong PIN. So either as a case of yeah. her forgetting, which, which is likely, or they're actually changing the, the number on her. So um, you can apparently get from, I was doing some research on this, there are credit card machines, machines that will make a credit card, or I guess a fake yeah. version, right, of a credit yeah. card. If they have an image of the card front and back, they can print out a new card using that image, and then they dress it up, right? They, they lift yeah. numbers up to make it look like it's real card, they put a hologram on it and everything. Uh -huh. so, this and then, uh, I'm not sure what happened, you know, but to me, it's crazy that this does happen. And the fact that they don't even ask for ID, by the way, I mean, someone goes into a jewelry store, buys a thousand dollars, two thousand dollars worth of jewelry, and they can just walk out with a pin, entering a pin number in the machine, never being asked for ID. I mean, I don't know how good their handwriting is, but I'm guessing the signature isn't going to match. It doesn't seem like they were really checking much. Yeah, well, I mean, there, I mean, there are several ways that people can do it. I mean, there's even the the credit card skimmers where they'll put these wow. little um little machines on atms or uh, any place where you enter your card mm -hmm. that will go ahead and scan skim your information from your card so that they can make duplicates um, and you won't know the difference because your, your transaction or your atm stuff will go through because it just goes right through it and so sometimes you know one of the good practices that i've always done is tugged on the the slot beforehand to make sure it wasn't something that was just placed on there um but yeah they can they can do that and these days there's not a lot of checking with id like there used to be especially right. now that a lot of people have their their credit card details on their phones and you can just pay with a tap so mm -hmm. believe it or not somebody called me 
an 80 year old boomer because I was still using debit cards. Now I don't even have an iPhone. I guess you could just put an Android. It seems more like an iPhone type thing to me, but they'll just go up and they'll just tap their phone on the, the card reader, right? Where the card reader used to be. Now it's just a phone receiver, I guess. Okay. And they're yeah. buying everything that way. Apparently, I'm seeing this from my friends who have children who are teenagers, you know, six to say they're around 15, 16. They don't even want bank accounts anymore. Everything is cash app. I don't even, I don't even know how that works. Yeah. If you've never had yeah. a bank account, how That's do you put true. money in the cash app? How do you put cash, yeah, I, cash app? I think cash app is similar to PayPal. Um, yes. So I, I think that's how I don't have cash app either. A lot right, of people, if you never had a bank account, how would you put money in there in the first place? Yeah, you've got to do some way to be able to transfer money to it because you have to load it up. It's prepaid stuff. So yeah. Yeah. you have right. to load it up somehow. Yeah. I mean, all I can think of is maybe when people are getting their first jobs, their employers, so they're giving them a paycheck, they're just cash apping them. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't it's think all it's all numbers. That's all it I is. Don't know if it's, I don't know if they're doing that with, with, um, with salaries yet with well at least with cash up but because i know i've seen people say that even on social media they're saying they're taking their kids to sweet 16 parties and they're saying and they want to give checks and there's not like mom no one uses checks anymore it's all cash up now and they said my my teenager doesn't even want a bank account they just want cash app like how do you get into the cash app (laughs) but it's the same it's generally a type of bank account but it's more just a spending account i guess it is it is and you just upload the cash and it, it's all numbers. However, however, how do you upload the cash? It's, it's, it's well, um, somebody goes to, I think with the cash app, I think it goes through some sort of system. The banking, I think it hits the bank and from the, the bank, bank, it hits the cash think. app, something like that. It's all, it's like all in the numbers because my granddaughter has cash app. I don't have it. And for, for some reason, I can just like Zelle. Yeah, right. no, well, Zelle's tied to your Chase account, right? Yeah, right. It's well, something from, like that. From the chat, um, we're getting some super dope information from Lixa. Um, I guess her son has Cash App. Said you can, uh, you can deposit the cash at CVS and Walgreens, so you Uh-oh. can go somewhere and do a deposit right in there in a physical location. So it, it is like a bank. See, what you used to draw yeah. into opening bank accounts was the interest, and obviously, the, for a long right. time, basically, there was no interest anymore at banks, so there really was no reason to have a bank account, I guess. But now you're starting to see accounts open up that are offering interest again. But you know, for a long when I was a kid, that used to be a feature of the bank account. That's why I wanted a bank account when I was younger because I wanted to start generating interest on my money. You know, uh-huh. if offering interest anymore, then yeah, it's more convenient. I mean, the cash app basically is the same thing as a, as a non-interest bank, right? I'm assuming there's no interest on cash app. Not that I'm aware mm-hmm. of. Um, and you're right about the interest. Um, Actually, right now, the average interest rate in the United States on savings accounts is 0.56%. What about a checking oh, account? Boy. Here, right? <laughs> There's no interest No interest on checking accounts. Um, no. But um, there are some high interest savings accounts that are out there now. Matt, you, you mentioned Apple. Apple opened up one earlier this year, and they're doing 4.15%. Well, Capital um, One online banking, I think, is also around that for savings accounts. Is it? Yeah. I've got Capital One. I haven't seen their yeah. savings. Yeah, look into it. Look into it. Uh-huh. I, I did. Uh-huh. Also, CD one rates, one by the way, CD rates are going up again. And some credit unions are offering pretty high rates on CDs now. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Credit rate. Yeah. But true, who would think when you said Apple? Yeah, Apple. Apple has a 
Apple opened up a savings account earlier because they've had their Apple card for a couple of years now, their Apple's um, credit card debit type of card. Um, and so that's then, a division of Apple. Yeah. And then they opened up a savings account uh, this year um, in April, I believe it is. And so you get 4.15% interest rate. You've got cash back uh, and it varies depending on the transaction between 1% and 3%. Um, on every purchase, you get your daily cash deposited into your account and you get your interest paid every month directly into your account as well. But that's all online banking, right? There's no physical bank tied to that. No, they don't have a physical bank. So, and it's all, it's all you can, um, it, it's right on your phone. Um, you can look at your account and everything straight in inside right. your Apple wallet. Well, and would you trust see, that? Would you seeing, trust though, something you, like that? Say it again. Yeah. Would you trust that? Right. So that's, that's what I was saying. So the from what I'm seeing, the online accounts are more susceptible to phishing and hacking and being compromised than your traditional brick and mortar bank accounts. And so well, that's a concern that people have. Right. Well, with with this one, um, yes, I do. I do use it. Um, I did open an account because of the high interest rate. Um, Apple is doing this with uh what what's the what's that big goldman sachs i think is the one that's had, handling the financial portion of it um yeah, but, but the that's thing an investment Apple, firm do they have are they in bank you know it's an investment they fdic insured insured? i think they are aren't they yes they're fdic insured um oh, with their credit okay. card that comes with it there's there's really no number on it so it's kind of more a more secure thing you have a number assigned but it's not generally displayed so yeah, there's some. I just can't get down. I mean, well, first of all, I've never been an Apple guy, so I'm certainly not giving any of my money to Apple. Forget that. I've never bought an Apple. <laughs> I'm with you, Mike. <laughs> never had an iPhone. Never had an iPad, iPod, i anything. Um, I'm more of a Wii guy myself. Hater. But um, I believe there's no I in team. But I can't get down with this taking my phone out and tapping my phone at the register. I'm still going to use a card, and to me, that doesn't make me a boomer. A boomer would be paying cash only, right? Yeah, Grandpa, I can't. <laughs> I can't do it, and I'm concerned. Yeah, I'll pay cash at Hardy's. So, unfortunately, you know the cards are about okay, fraud. But... I'm concerned about these hacks, and you know, yeah. identity well, theft. We had this issue. You know, again, this was with the debit card earlier this year. It was the case of identity theft where someone opened up a phone. They bought a phone, opened up an account in my mom's name. Um, you know, and we had to go file a police report, go to the precinct, and send away for the report and, and AT&T wouldn't do anything until we give them copies of the police report, which we have to send away for it. It becomes a mm -hmm. whole big mess, right? Trying to make right. these claims so that your identity doesn't get stolen and so that you don't lose your money. Right. Yeah. We've got to be a little bit more um, vigilant because these, these hackers and these uh, thieves are getting a lot more technically savvy. Well, um, who are the hackers? Are they inside? Who, see, for them to be hackers, are that is that an inside job or is it someone well, or how do they break the code? Well, if they were inside, they wouldn't be hacking it. <laughs> nine times, <laughs> nine times out of ten, ninety-nine times out of a hundred, it's not. It's not like the movies. It's not like they go in and they crack a code. It's generally an analog type of uh, penetration. So they they get it through phishing emails where you've responded to something. Uh, thinking that you're talking to someone um, official and you're not, or they've seen you put put it in. Like Mike said, there's a camera or something where they've actually seen you punch in these numbers, or you know you've said it on the phone to someone you thought was 
um, customer service and they really weren't. It's really low tech how they get these things and it's very effective. Um, it's not like the movies. We also got a letter from Aetna saying that a lot of people's information was compromised and that too. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so how does your information get compromised? I mean, they're I supposed to be secure or with dealing with money. They said we're secure, but then they come up with, cause Amazon's being sued for that. Right. Is, is okay. Amazon something Everyone happening with breaches. Amazon? Although the Amazon case was about the antitrust, wasn't it? Or antitrust. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. So that's something different. But I, how do they get what? I just don't understand how they get your information that the parent company has no protection over. How does that work? Yeah, I you mean, have to look into the negligence potentially, right? Of yeah. a company that doesn't have, let's say, the proper securities in place, or doesn't have a system in place to prevent that. It could be an inside job, it could be, or it could be originated that way, or it could be a poor encryption, right? I mean, it could be any number of things, but it's certainly possible. It's not, I don't think it's per se negligence if it's a data breach, but it's possible that the data was, was being negligently protected. Yeah, there's, there's that. Yeah, companies have data breaches all the time because, like Mike said, it's practices, whatever they're doing. Maybe someone made a mistake somewhere. Maybe the, you know, uh, hackers have found loopholes in that software that they exploit before they got a chance to get it patched. Um, and again, what most of the time, the the weak link is us. It's low tech methods that they get. They get. I've got a question though on the skimmers, right? They so that let's say it's a device that they attach to an ATM machine or a card reader where they're reading the card information. They're not actually taking a photograph of the card with that method, are they? That's no, that's, it's a, it's a medical, it, not a medical. It's a, magnetic, uh, right. Yeah. It's a magnetic device. When you, just like when you put your card into the ATM machine, it, it, right, it reads the numbers. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And so, so that right. skimmer does the same thing. Right. So it gives them the information. But all of it. my understanding is in order to actually make a fake debit card or fake credit card, you would have to have an image of the front and the back of that card. And right. so the skimmer wouldn't be able to provide them with an image. Right. So if someone actually went into the store and said, here's my debit card. I'm and, and you know, whatever the person's name is, I'm that person. And they're scanning it. They're using it to purchase items and then entering in the pin. Like they would need a physical card for that. You wouldn't be able to just have an account number. That. But yeah, you but know you something go, like when you use those debit cards, you can also use it as credit. But they still need a card. I'm saying they would, they would yeah. be a fake card. Oh, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. You can go. You can go on any on any bank or credit card website and show and see pictures of what their cards look like. And then all you do is whoever's oh. making the card, they just make a copy of it. They've got the data. They load it up on the magnetic strip. The top mm -hmm. part is just a printing. So. Yeah, they can make they can make the actual card. I guess there's nothing special about the image no. of that card. They all no. look the same anyway, and so that's why they try to implement things like holograms into it to try to, you know, so it can't be just printed. Right. Uh, but the I saw a video. I was like a um, a police detective of someone walking through the process of how these fake cards are made, and they pointed out the fact that they need an image of the front and the back of the car. But I guess they can generate those themselves if they have the right information. So yeah. the chip that you have on the card that has all the does that has all the banking it connects to the bank the chip that you have your on the cards where they don't have the numbers that are uh uh you where you can actually lift the numbers they've um just put the numbers in and you have a chip 
Right, so the that chip, chip make carries it more all that information, correct? This chip's supposed to help make it more secure because otherwise it's it's all stored on that magnetic strip. And then that chip is supposed to help make it more secure. But, so you know, if, if anyone hacked, can make how, it, how, anyone can, huh? If you're being hacked, how secure is, how is the chip's not doing its, the, the extra that was security? That line from like 1999. He said computers ain't that smart. Anything man-made can be taken apart. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So, you know, I mean, they've tried all kinds of things. I mean, think about it. You've got, first of all, you've got what, like a, a, a uh what 16 digit number first of all for your credit card then you've got a three digit verification code on top of uh -huh. that you're supposed to show id on top of that some of them have chips in them as well right so i mean not asking for id i mean that's crazy right a jewelry store you go in and you buy all this expensive jewelry thousands of dollars worth and you never get asked for id right because yeah. I guess they're trying to make the sell too, right? Maybe it's not like a don't ask, don't tell type of situation. I don't know. And it's just become so, so, you know, ubiquitous to modern life. People pop a card out that no one's checking. Like, you know, you go back 30 years, 40 years when they were kind of new and like it was more people were using cash instead of credit cards. So they were probably taking a little bit more time. Now you can mm -hmm. use a credit card at McDonald's. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, it's true. It's people don't have ID, but that's McDonald's, though. I mean, you would think at a certain point, because now we're talking grand larceny, let's start getting into thousands of dollars. Right, right. At a certain mm -hmm. point, you would think there would be more protection. Maybe that should be in the law if it's not already, although I would suspect probably is a law that people just aren't following about. Right. Yeah, I mean, it just, I mean, that could be if that's part of their policy, that's that would be worker negligence at that point, you know. Um, but you know, we all. We all do it once you get into the habit of doing something that initially was a, a, a very strict process. Once you get accustomed wow. to doing it, you take mm -hmm. a lot of cut a lot of corners. Think about when the first time you, you learned to drive, you were 10 and 2 and you were scared. And like, you know, three months later after you got your license, you're like you're driving with your knee. You got a burrito in one hand and you got your <laughs> phone in the other. Like we become so accustomed. We don't yeah. think about the seriousness of what yeah, we're doing. Relax. And that's so what employees, maybe when they first start working, they're like, okay, show me your ID. Let me see the signature. And after a while, uh -huh. it's like, have a nice day. Here's Julie. Bye. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm sure that happens as well. Was that a store your mother shopped at? No, 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 no. Never even heard of before. Wow. Yeah. Not even around here. So they got yeah. it some other way. Somewhere, somehow, yeah. they got it some other way. Yeah. The yeah. other thing that was crazy was she had noticed that when she logged into her uh, bank account to look at her own activity, it showed her someone else had been in that account viewing the statements recently. Mm. It wasn't her. Mm. They need to do, look kind of an audit on the account to see if they've yeah. taken anything out over time. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've been uh -huh. looking at that. It's you know, it's been a, it's been a mess. You know, uh, one thing that might be a silver lining is if they actually went into a jewelry store, you would think they would have a lot of cameras around to see who these people were. That's how I got mine fixed. Yeah. yeah. Okay. A long time ago, um, it was not a credit card, but I was I um had got alerted that there was uh checks written uh out of my account. This was a long time ago. And um, you know, I I didn't write the checks, and so you know, I was reporting it with the bank and they were following up with the investigation. They look at the camera, and uh it was uh my roommate at the time. He was oh. uh taking checks out of my account and he was going there to to write it for cash so that he could go and buy go and buy drugs with 
Oh wow! So, yeah, so it was the cameras that that got it. Yeah, you see, the last time it was someone online setting up a phone. They bought a phone and set up an account, but they didn't actually go into a store in person and do it, and so they would hide behind computers. But if you're going into a jewelry store, you are now in person. I guess with the fake card that you're actually swiping, you know, again, that you would think will be picked up by a security camera. Right. Oh, hopefully that gets um, solved quickly and, yeah, and lost. To her. Yeah. And be careful out there. Like Jason, one thing you could do, and I've heard this also, the local precinct uh, out here would say, do this before you use an ATM machine, kind of pull on it uh, uh-huh. gently, right. To see if the skimmer comes out. Yeah. Right. What else can we do? Is there anything else people can do to protect against this type of thing? Um, yeah, I mean, um, first of all, be protecting yourself in email phishing scams. Don't click on any yeah. links and emails, anything, even if it appears to come directly from your bank, then go and type in the address in the bar yourself. Do not click on the links because you don't right. know, even those links can look like they're going there to the, to the page that you think they're going to. And then you enter in information that is going to someone else when it looks like it's going to the bank or, or whatnot. So that's, that's one way to do it. Right. And they'll try to mask sometimes the domain names in a clever way. So it'll yeah. be like a lowercase L for a capital I, right. or, you know, another character that looks similar to something that you think it is, or it'll be changed. Like maybe it'll be misspelled in a way that you might not recognize, but maybe like three L's instead of two L's, like little things like that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. And again, it's just, easier to it's just uh, safer to go and type it in yourself because sometimes i'll even disguise the link to make it make, make you think you're clicking on a link that's one thing but it really goes right. all together so right. you know be careful with that i'm very careful with links and i tell people i don't open links that for the most part that people send me because i'm cautious about that it could be someone mm-hmm. impersonating a friend of yours sending uh-huh. you to click on to, to try to steal your information you know i i had that recently with someone was trying to get me to click on a link and i was like listen you know you, you're telling me that there's an issue just talk to me tell me what the issue is don't try to get me to click on something because i'm just suspicious as, as a policy i don't open up links that people send me because i don't know where they're going right so i mean that's that's one way to be cautious is, is check the links um and, and sometimes in those links they could display the link in the message and it could be the proper link, but it could be linked to a different page. Right. So, oh, right. Also, if you hold your mouse over the link, like I'm doing this now on Zoom, right. right? And I can see that the link is actually pointing to where it says it does because you put the right. URL in the chat. But there are ways with HTML code to have the text display something different from where it's right. actually pointing to. Right. So if it's if it's your finances, I would always type it into to the browser myself um mm-hmm. before going and i wouldn't click click links from from my email for financial stuff i don't think the same if, thing if applies, the bank- oh sorry to cut you off i'm just going to add to your point something i think that also applies is phone numbers don't call right. the phone yeah. number that you get so sometimes you get an email or text message saying you know fraud alert call this number or there's a charge mm-hmm. on the account was it you call this number yep. don't do that if you want to yep. call you research it yourself google it right pull off the actual website of that bank or whatever it is and call that number don't just call the number they're giving you because they could be giving you a fake number to call absolutely um look at look call the number that's on the back of your card you know that's the one that you know is is definitely Uh the right one so um and if 
if the bank calls you and they're like hey we need we've got an issue we need to verify uh what's your number what's your password like yeah don't don't fall for that either you know right. you call them back if, right. if there's really something issue but like okay well well thank you for calling me let me call you back and don't call it on a number that they give you call it on whatever right. numbers on your card on your bank right. yeah i always get suspicious when i call a number for help or anything like that and they start asking me my personal information right. Even if I called, uh, that's not second guessing. Like, did I call the right number? Or did I accidentally get a scam? Uh -huh. I always get cautious when Me they're too. like, "What is your name?" Okay, now you know what is your whatever your, so, your social or your address, anything, any personal information they're asking. I'm like, right. I shouldn't have to give you that much information for you to pull out my account and start to get nervous. Yeah, me too. Uh, well, yeah, one, yeah, because I know with the fraud, it's so bad. I know um, Senator, uh, one of the senators here, or one of our senators here, and uh, Sen Senator Ro Senator Rollison, he mm -hmm. uh, sent out uh, some e uh, mailed information to seniors to say, beware of fraud, because the fraud is so bad. And the fraud is so bad, they... Um, tell you about they they can even fraud you through gift cards right. so it's pretty bad yeah yeah they definitely try to take advantage really of people it i mean really far. what it seems to be is people try to take advantage of mostly an older generation that yeah. doesn't know technology the same way younger people are. they aren't quite as savvy right maybe they're dipping their toe in the water they're right. trying to keep up with this new world but they don't really know all the tools of the trade all the tricks right and so That's right. it's not that they're stupid it's that they're just they aren't in tune with technology the same way younger people are and the, right. and the young people can get the young people will get got as well because they're so relaxed right in right. how they're using they're not suspicious of it and again, a lot of the times it's it's really a low tech way that people get other information, and it's more mm -hmm. through social engineering and com and conversations and whatnot. And young people will fall for that every time too. There was one where they were able to trick you into giving your entire credit card number by asking yeah. for a few numbers at a time. So I right. call up them like I just want to verify what are the first few numbers, and, and then they say turn your card over. What are those numbers on the back? And right. some numbers on the back that actually contain the same as the numbers on the front. And they, they piece it together over over the course of the conversation by asking you for each you know series of numbers. Yeah. So, so gotta really be careful. Uh, and be diligent out there. Yeah, you do. So scams yeah. are everywhere. And maybe this is why we got to go back to a cash only society. See, now I'll sound, now I'll sound like the boomer. Now I'll take the, the label. Well, or you sound like you're in Japan because Japan is largely a cash based society. I don't know. One of those crazy sovereign was... citizens, right? And say, I don't trust anything or anyone. Leave me alone. But you know, you don't have my own currency. Maybe we should make cash. our own currency, Jake. Yeah, well, you know, we could do that. We can make a, a nuance uh, crypto or something. Oh, my goodness. That's the easiest one. Yeah. But it seems like fraud. It's been more fraud since you you were able to use uh, the internet and social media, whatever whatever you know is out there. Technology it has seems like, yeah, the yeah yeah technology. It seems like fraud has been heightened heightened in that. Well, yeah. I mean, even the ability to hack, right? <laughs> when when it was cash, you didn't hear all. The, I mean, not that people didn't steal. I'm oh, not they absolutely. Say that. But the you know you had some sort of control over your finances in terms back of back then 
if it was only cash, somebody would just bop, you know bop you over the head and take your cash. Now at least they're trying to yeah. make it your way. Yeah. What was the what was the, the common? It wasn't a common thing. This is a common now. But wasn't people, common. People well, used people to snatch the old ladies take, steal your money. But they still do that. Old ladies throw security checks all the time. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, so, people are just ruthless. People man. Are, yeah, there was still a checkbook and for his name or whatever. Yeah, people are ruthless, man. We just have to be diligent. That's that's what it is. Um, have some skepticism in a lot of things um, to try to protect ourselves. It's it's cold world. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Should we not be using our debit cards as much? Or what about even online purchases? And a lot of people do Amazon. I don't order anything online, really. I don't do Amazon, but I order online. Yeah, I'm wondering if more people commit, uh, I said commit like it's a crime, conduct transactions (laughs) online, the more susceptible to fraud they'll be. I don't know. Well, there's possibilities. I mean, because the. You know the website that you're buying from could be could not be uh dcis compliant right they could have not have the proper uh security measures in place they could not be uh, uh a secure certificate on the site that allows it to be intercepted right it could be a scam in and of itself to you know offering something for purchase so they can get the credit card information like there are different ways to do that um but again you would do just some best practices. Should to, Amazon be secure though? Be with Amazon, yeah, Amazon should be fine. But I mean, everybody's yeah. got a, an online store these but days, right? Shop, so. Yeah, but see, it, it, I only shop at secured websites, and I've haven't I haven't had a problem. And do you know how to how do you, how do you check if it's a secured website? <laughs> well, I don't. I just go by what they tell. Take their word for it. There you go. There you go. That's that's I part. Of say they're secure. I don't. I just the, go by. It's secured. Oh, wow. I'm going to buy Right. Well, uh, one of the ways to tell if it's secured, there's, there's a couple of people who have blue marks next to their name. Right. The, the, the website address will start with HTTPS mm-hmm. on it. That's, that's one thing to show cons- uh, that it's secured, that yeah. it's going through a secured certificate. Um, up in the browser, there will be oftentimes a, a lock, like a... Uh, like one of those regular locks that you put it have next to it to, to let you know yeah. that this is a secured website that it's going mm-hmm. through a security certificate um so that's one way to know that your transaction won't be can't be intercepted or be difficult to be intercepted um and you can click on that that lock and it'll tell you um who owns this security certificate what kind of security that it yeah. that it um has on there now anyone can get a security certificate so you know that could be one thing in and of itself but that means they can't get that information from interception so there are some ways but uh-huh. yeah you gotta you know everyone will that. tell you they're secure though like the quote from yeah. ghostbusters if someone asks you if you're a god you say yes yeah absolutely i'm i am a god who's that kanye <laughs> <laughs> i guess yeah he took those words to heart yeah right so even though nobody asked him right I'm with Lixa. Lixa in the chat says that she messes with, she messes with the the, the scammers because she she notices the scam and then she'll just mess with them for like thirty minutes. I do that too. I I, I enjoy that. Yeah, sometimes you get something on Instagram or something, someone trying to trick you into clicking on something. Well, I had I had it recently. Remember, um, I was showing you in chat a guy on Instagram. So it was supposedly the the um editor 
the chief editor for Billboard magazine <laughs> and uh, sent a DM to me saying, you know what, your music is amazing. I thought it's great. You know, I'm working on this article for Billboard and I'm just looking at, um, you know, artists and whatnot. And it's like, oh, do you have anything I can I can hear some more of your music? OK, sure. You know, I knew this was fake because you can look at the profile and you can tell this is not the real person. So, yeah, here, here. Uh -huh. OK, so here's Spotify. Here's here's YouTube. Go check it out. And he comes back. He's like, oh, wow, that's that's some good stuff here. How long you've been rapping, trying to be a little bit personable. And, you know, this was actually interesting because usually people go in for the kill right away. He was he took a little bit of his time with it, which was I, I thought was kind of interesting. Um, and then, you know, at one point he even tried to call me through voice via Instagram, which was a very that's, you know, if you're trying to perpetrate the scam, that's that's a, a very risky move because. Yeah. Now uh -huh. you've got to somehow pull off impersonating that person. Right. Um, but I knew at some point he was going to, there was going to be the ask, right? I can get you in the magazine for this amount of money, which right. you don't pay for that. You know, the, these magazines don't do that. Um, Not unless so, it's an ad that you're buying. Right. Yeah. But it was he was talking about this article that he was writing and he's like, I can get you coverage. I'll put you in an article for this amount. It's an investment in your career. That's payoff. Um, <laughs> yeah and so it took him a while to get to that so i'll give him you know he, he tried to play the the smooth game and then afterwards i broke him i said come on dude like who who falls for this are you stupid and then so we then we had a back and forth he's like oh you you wouldn't believe how many people fall for this <laughs> that's pretty funny <laughs> yeah wow yeah someone sent me a thing that long ago oh they said that they were starting a business, but this was a cloned profile, right? So it's a copy of someone who I knew or who was on my page already. You'll see that sometimes where they'll, they'll get your information, they'll make a fake profile uh -huh. of yours to try to trick people into thinking it's that, that, that person. And yeah. so this was someone who was in my network already, but it was a, a fake version of them saying they were starting a business and can they add me to their business page? That was a request. I said, sure, do, you know, do what you want. But they sent me a link to click on, which I didn't click on. The idea was that I was going to click on it and it was going to give them my password. It was going to, it was going to change, reset my password so they can take control of my account and oh. own it and, you know, do, do what they wish with it. So, yeah. you know, that was a scam that they were trying to run. But, you know, I don't, like I said, I don't click on links. People send me links. There's no need for that. Uh -huh. Just, you know, if you want to add me to a Facebook group or something, you can go ahead and add me. But don't get, try to get me to click on a link. Yeah. Uh so the lesson here the bottom line is be careful <laughs> yeah. yeah all right yeah so so all right well, well paul from last week does it relate in any way to being careful so we can segue into it by saying speaking of being careful I'll pull uh, it does not so our poll last week was um will you pay for twitter which uh we we had talked about last week that uh, Elon Musk was during a, a conversation or an interview. Uh, 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 hold on a second. Let's let's do a proper segue. Uh oh. Speaking of scams, let's go. Okay, there we go. All right, I, I can get with that. All right. Uh, so yeah, um, Elon Musk interview last week was having an interview last week with Benjamin Netanyahu, um, who I think he's current Prime Minister of Israel uh, again, um, and in that he mentioned that. Um, Twitter or X is going to move towards a small monthly subscription fee for all users. So the poll that we put up was asking would people pay to, to stay on Twitter? Now, 
He hasn't said how much it's going to be. His Twitter blue, which is the premium subscription right now, is $8 a month. So it's probably going to be much less than that. You know, I would even speculate even at one to two dollars a month, um, you know, it being some sort of revenue. Um, but he hasn't speculated. He hasn't said what that was going to be. So the poll went out and. You know, we got quite a few <laughs> responses here. Um, it was 268 votes um, in just in just a couple hours. Mm -hmm. uh, 278 now. Sorry. And so I gave the choices of yes, no, and it depends on the price. And what do you think? How do you think the, the how do you think the distribution of the voting came out? Oh, interesting. I think the majority said no. I think the majority said no, but let's actually try to see who can get closer. We can play the prices right on this in tribute to Bob Barker. So it's tough with the three choices. If I had to say, let's see, between the two choices, I would say about 85 15 maybe close to 90 10 no okay 100 percent no <laughs> oh wow okay 100 you know, backstory see people know see what happened with the the backstory to this is that elon musk said he was going to purchase twitter and he tried to back out did yeah, you know that yeah. yeah yeah he tried to back out um then so, they so what did they do they made him well the thing it. was in the deal in the deal there was a there was a penalty that if he backed out it was going to cost him uh one or two billion dollars uh penalty fee to back out of it and so when he tried to back out they were like all right well you got to yeah. come up off that money and he was he tried to get out of paying that and then when he couldn't get out of paying that uh he went ahead and went through with the purchase uh for right. 40 like a force yeah like they yeah. demanded that he take he he purchased it, so now he has to recoup. Well, last week I remember this conversation. We were saying that we didn't think that this was motivated by any financial interest. He was just doing this for control. Was that right? Well, I think I think there's a couple of things here. I think um, what Sheba's mentioning here is true. There's obviously a, a financial motiva motivation because what happened when when he took over Twitter, revenue dropped in half because largely because of his antics um, right. and safety measures that he's taken out, the security teams that he's fired, um, all the different things that he's changing. And so big advertisers has just have just been running from the platform. So they did like $750 million in revenue in 2022. And half of those advertisers are gone now. Um, so yeah. he's trying to make up he's trying to make up ways to do it. The Twitter blue was probably one way, but there's only like 200,000 people paying $8 a month, which is still significant, but it's not going to reach that 750 million. Now, Twitter has 550 active monthly users. So 550 he, million, 550 million active users. So if he puts, let's say he puts just a dollar fee on it, he could potentially bring 550 million a month, but most people are going to leave the platform, so that's not going to be there. But it could still be a significant amount that could make that up if people stay around. Not so, according to this poll. I mean, not according to this poll. No, no. no. not according to this poll. I, I will not be paying for it, even if it's fifty cents. Another no. concern is people think is is having Musk with all of their uh, with some of their financial information. Um, people mm -hmm. don't trust it. So. Right. 
So, but yeah, this is the yeah, people. 100% were in agreement that they were not paying for Twitter. And so uh-huh. no one even chose. It depends on the price. Everyone just said no. No. I mean, there were actually um, several several responses that said that I needed to, to have one more selection in there um, with expletive no. I was going to say yes. I was, hell no. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, there was, there so, was the H. There was the F. There was several. <laughs> That honestly does surprise me a little bit when you're talking over 250 respondents for not one person to even say it depends on a price. Everyone said, hell no, essentially. That is telling, you know, again, as we've said before, these polls aren't exactly scientific, but they are useful in the sense that when hundreds of people are coming in with that, and this is unanimous. And you know, it's funny, a year ago, we had a unanimous poll. We asked if we should keep fighting or wave the white flag on a Queens Lake. 100% of people said keep fighting. That, I believe, up until now, was the only unanimous poll that we ever did. So now we've got <laughs> the second one. That is very rare. We do a poll every week, right? You don't see people mm-hmm. agreeing to that degree on anything, any topic in the world, right? So when you're right. talking about 100% of people, over 250 people told us they would not pay. That is significant, right? That doesn't mean that 0% of the world is going to pay. I'm sure some people will, but I think it does show you that a very low amount of people will, relatively speaking. Exactly. When it it first went out on Facebook, our Facebook friend of mine posted it, and people were like, absolutely not. Oh, no way. So, And he's got to be seeing this. I'm sure he's doing some kind of market research on his own definitely may make him question that decision right he may not end up charging for it well i mean if you could think as well though like imagine for example you know a, a massive portion ex exits the platform right there are a lot of other alternatives right now that people can run to they're not they don't they're not as feature rich but they're out there um i'd say it goes down to i don't know there's 550 active monthly users say it goes down to 50 million active users if they're willing to pay that's still 50 million dollars a month it won't be that much though i really can't see that uh-huh. and i, I don't i don't either our poll here i don't see it being that maybe it's one percent maybe yeah i think it's less yeah. than one percent i think that's what you're gonna see less than one percent would pay for it yeah. I, I i would not be surprised um i mean you're talking about a platform that's that's kind of been ubiquitous to modern life for like almost 15 years but it's been free and that's been what right. well freemium, so to speak. Um, but people feel entitled to a platform like that, social media in general, right? Just It's just the model that we've grown accustomed to. We talked over and over again about it becoming the new town square and our court cases about that now too. And so I think just viscerally, people are opposed to this idea of having to pay for a space like that. Yeah, technically it is a private site. We've talked about that, but people don't think of it that way. They think of it as their own space, like they are entitled to speaking. Mm-hmm. And you know, hell no, I'm not going to pay for it. I, you know, it's it's you know, it's like the internet to them. Yeah, you, know, you pay to get online, but once you're online, you expect to be able to use these sites for free. Right. You know, and I have to pay for each one on social media. People don't just. It's just not the way that we're accustomed to thinking and operating in society. Well, it's also because that's that's also how they how they bill it, right? Like. I mean, you said my, yours, it's your space, like my space, literally right. your space, right. right? Facebook, this is your profile. Like they do that because that will attract people to come in and use it. Cause yeah. the real product, the real product isn't that it's the, it's the data that they, they mine from it. Right. It's the, the ability to segregate the different audiences to be able to target for advertising. Right. That's what, 
where they make their money off of it. And then you notice people will say things like on Facebook, this is my wall. I put what I want on my wall. I could, they really have a sense of their, their own space, like an extension right. of it. Like it's the online version of their house or their bedroom or something like that. And it is kind uh-huh. of sacred to people in that regard, uh-huh. right? So the idea of making them pay for it, I don't, you know, people aren't going to go for that. It's, it's not uh-huh. what they're used to. It's not what they expect. Especially when there are alternatives out there, right? Um, and most people have multiple social media profiles. And okay. so, you know, it's it's going to be a hard sell. But, you know, unfortunately, he's it's a private company now. He can do he can do what he wants at a, at a whim. And he's been doing it. He's been proven that he, he will be willing to do it. So, you know, uh, we'll see what's going to happen. Uh, I know I'm going to be a part of that 200 some people that said no, because I'm not going to pay um so it is what it is one thing more thing that's concerning me with him is how he's more and more injecting himself into everything so first of all i mean he's a billionaire but you know why are you having meetings with head of state for one um secondly he just posted a tweet yesterday that uh says that he's going down to the the u.s southern border so that he could see the situation on the ground for himself like why do you feel entitled to, for that to be any of your business? You're you're not an elected official. This is none of your business. Right. All well, right. Maybe well, he's, he's getting ready to become an elected official. Perfect elected segue. Yeah. Perfect segue. If Elon Musk were in the U.S. Senate, would he be required to wear slacks? <laughs> I think he would be one that would not do it. Right. <laughs> I agree. I, I think he would be. Yeah. So this could be our last topic. Yeah. Of the show. Right. Uh, why don't you set the subject? There's been an effort to go back to a more formalized dress attire in the Senate because it was relaxed. Yeah. So there's something that's, that's been a kind of a shakeup, I guess, over the past week. And I, I, I may be incorrect. I thought it was Schumer introduced something to kind of relax the the dress code. Um, and you probably did, if I'm not mistaken, because I of the government. It could be. Um, he he. He told members that he was relaxing the Senate floor's informal dress code, which pr- previously required men to wear a suit and tie and women to wear pants, suits, or dresses. Oh, hold on a second. He was relaxing the informal dress code or his relaxing oh, the formal dress code? The informal dress code. Informal. So oh, apparently the informal dress code. So in other words, it's going to become formal again. Or no? Um, so well, he says he's oh, relaxing. Oh, no, I see, I see what mean. Never mind. When they talk about formal and informal, they're not talking about the style of dress. They're talking about that. It's not an official code. Right. right. Understand. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so apparently now senators have more leeway to to wear more casual clothing. Um, uh, and so some senators protesting this, uh, this this idea of this making this too relaxed, have been taking it to the extreme. Showing up, I think someone showed up in something that almost looked like pajamas or something. Someone came in like, you know, people can wear jeans and 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 hoodies and stuff now. Um, yeah, and that and so, was Fetterman's trademark look. You know, he was, before he became a U.S. senator, he was lieutenant governor of Pennsylvania. Before that, he was the mayor uh-huh. of Braddock, a, a small city in Pennsylvania, uh, by Pittsburgh. And he always kind of represented himself as the working man who wouldn't be seen in a suit. And he wanted to take that image to the U.S. Senate. Of course, it works uh-huh. in blue-collar Pennsylvania. Some people might feel a little bit differently about it at the U.S. Capitol, but that right. was his M.O., right? He wanted to represent that right. image, working class image in the Senate. And I do believe that 
at least partly inspired the movement to relax yeah. the dress code. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's, he, yeah, he's never, I've never seen him in a suit at all. Any, ha, has he ever been in a suit? I think I've seen photos of it. I think he's done it before, but he doesn't like to. He prefers not to be. Right. I haven't right. seen, I don't remember seeing him in a suit. But I don't see anything with it being, you know, with them coming to work. That's just me. Uh, The way he dresses, because I don't think he does it. I I don't think people would be offended. Do you think somebody would be offended by the dress code? Well, that's what we're... That's what we're seeing now. Was I mean, and it could be they're they grandstanding, what what have you? Um, well, largely, you did say that. Yeah, you did largely, say somebody was offended. Some of them were offended. Well, largely, yeah. conservatives are pushing back as I was saying. This is a, a degradation of of standards. Um, even uh, on the Democratic side, uh, Senator Manchin um, also said it deg- degrades the institution. But I think the biggest pushback is coming that's, from <laughs> that's being charitable to say that represents the Democratic <laughs> side, right? Mm-hmm. I think the biggest pushback is coming from the Republican side. Um, and, you know, they're, they're saying that this this is indicative of Democrat failures and, and all this type of stuff. But the I question mean, remains. The partisan politics out of it, I can kind of see the point in that it's a formal body. And the dress code, I think, reinforces the idea that it's serious business happening. You know, yeah. I know maybe in society yeah. we moved away from that a little bit, some of those formalities, but I can tell you even in court, you know, as a lawyer, you're expected to wear, if you're a man, you're expected to wear a suit with a jacket and a tie. And if you don't, the judge will give you a hard time about it. You know, you're not dressed appropriately during mm-hmm. COVID. And even now coming out of it, when you have these virtual court hearings, Lawyers are still expected to dress up like they're in court. And I've heard stories of lawyers not being fully dressed up and judges saying, you know, counsel, you're still in court, even though you're, you you know, you might physically be home. You still should treat this like you're in court and you should be wearing your suit and and treating with the proper respect. So I do understand that perspective. I wouldn't make it a partisan issue. You know, I think that some people look at the Senate as this almost sacred body of ours and they expect people to dress the part. Right. And, you know, I mean, the, the the Democrats are pushing back saying, oh, well, you know, Re- Republicans got more important things to worry about. There's, you know, the government shutting down. There's all these big issues. It's more important things to worry about than a dress code. But, you know, personally, for me, I, I think I would side with the Republicans on this one. I think I want the senators in there in professional attire. Uh, this is this is um, you know, one of the highest offices, yeah. bodies of our of our country, um, of our government, that is not only represented to the people, but also to the world. Like, I don't want them showing up there in like bunny slippers and. Right. Oh, yeah, no, not to extreme. But how, how what, <laughs> when he said that, what how what were they? That's kind of extreme. Was there limit limitations on what he said? Business well, I, casual. I, well, no, I think what it was is just it was being relaxed. And so to m- push the point, there were um, senators showing up in the extreme. Oh, I see. So these are the Republicans who are dressing up like that to mock Fetterman, basically. Right. To say, right. well, not Fetterman, but what Schumer okay. did was just saying that mm-hmm. I guess they're showing up and like, OK, well, you're relaxing it. Oh, so this is OK now then. All right. Well, I'm going to show up like this then to to kind of make a point that, you know, this is. 
you know, this is a, a, a dumbing down or a dressing down of, of what should be a respected body. The thing, though, that always is curious to me is that men are supposed to wear the full suit and everything. But if you're a woman, the dress code isn't the same, right? I mean, I'm think, just thinking of them going to court, right? There's a lot more that a woman might wear, like a woman lawyer might wear in court, different types of outfits and whatever. But a man is always supposed to be in, in a suit. There isn't much variation that they're allowed. And so I'm wondering if there's some of that, if maybe they're looking at it almost as a, a, a level of hypocrisy that men have to have a very formal dress code, but not the women. Uh, from the article that I've seen, I, I didn't see that mentioned. Uh, I think that it is kind of, I don't know if you would call it a limitation, but it's kind of indicative of, of just traditional men and women's dress. Men don't really have that much of a variation, right? No. Um, allowed to. Like in court, a man is expected to wear a suit, a full suit with the jacket. But I mean, like, what, women, what about the women. attorney for, uh, 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 see, how just how you thought, uh, Tim, um, Jay? What about the dress code for women? Are they to wear business suits, uh, you know, suits? And then if they it's don't wear the dress suit, code, but you'll see more, right? You might see a blouse or a dress or a skirt. There's all different types of things that they can wear. For a man, it just has to be a suit jacket, a tie, and, and the pants. Right. Well, the previous dress code required men to wear a suit and tie and women to wear pants, suits, or dresses. So, right. you know, we don't have, men don't generally have the uh, uh, different options other than a suit. Like, we don't have, right. like, formal dresses for men, right? We don't have formal skirts for, for men. Um, and so women have a few other options in that regard, but it's still formal wear. And right. then when, and it's, it you know, nowadays, especially I think on the Democratic side, they're being looser when it comes to their ideas of gender norms and gender roles. So right. I wonder if that idea plays into it. Why, you know, why are men still expected to wear suits? Why are we being so rigid in our gender roles? Um, the, again, the article I saw didn't no. address that, but I could see that conversation right. coming up at some point. I mean, mm-hmm. with those changes, at some I... point, there might be a, a senator uh, a male senator that wants to show up in uh, a dress, a formal dress. Um, and kill. so it has to be a, even a dress, you know, up, you know it could be any, anything that would be appropriate for a woman to wear. Why does oh. a woman get to wear it, but not me? Like I said, it could be, be a shirt, a pantsuit. It doesn't have to be a dress. Yeah, right. but what about a kilt? If a person is, is of Scottish descent and they want to wear a kilt, would that be? I don't think that's, I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, I think that again, would be considered appropriate attire for the Senate under what well, used to be. At, now that this thing is more relaxed, right? But right now, supposed to be a suit for a man. Right. The, um, the, the conversation started somewhere, and that's why he brought it to the floor. I think Fetterman. Like I said, I really believe Fetterman yeah. was yeah. Started the conversation. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. It started with him. Yeah. So I, I think that's probably where where the motivation or part of the motivation originally came from right. um part. and it Where's could just also part? be to relaxing some of what, what's going on yeah but i don't know that what do you know? whole question of the week see what people think anyone in the yeah. chat has any ideas on this what do you guys think i'm curious yeah like like look at this he's there's a picture here on this axios article of fetterman in shorts and a hoodie walking through the, the senate subway to go to to a vote in june like I, I, to me, I think that's too far. Is it disrespectful, though? Do you think it's disrespectful of the institution, or you know, how do you interpret? So. Why do you think it's too far? 
It probably has to do with just because that's what we've always seen. And, and that's what we regard as being professional attire. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is supposed to be one of the most professional uh, bodies in, in the government. And so right. we want to see we want to see them at what we consider the best. Um, I don't want st- to personally, I don't want to see the senators sitting up there looking like they're about to wait for their turn at a pickup game of basketball. Like, I, I think, you know. <laughs> Yeah. There should be some, and it would about you know a president in the Oval Office. We might have a similar reaction. Like you know, let's say we had a president who never wore a suit. Yeah, I don't think people would be too happy about that either. I don't think so either. Well, remember, remember when uh, Obama was rolling up his sleeves, like people were freaking out, and he had like this hand suit. <laughs> oh my God, this is crazy. Yeah, that's the uh, other thing. In court, you know, it isn't quite as formal or strict but there really are only a couple colors you really could realistically wear right you could wear a black suit or i guess a brown or a, like a dark blue of some kind you're not gonna really right. be showing up on a but a bright green suit or a red suit or like a very blue like a blue blue suit either right so people right. are very limited in, in their dress it's almost like we all look like drones or robots or something right you know and i i guess that opens the door to that question. Should we be encouraging more individuality in the Senate? Uh, you know, should people be able to represent who they really are? If he's not the kind of guy who dresses like that ever in his life, he was elected. So, I mean, did the voters send a guy to the Senate they knew would not be wearing a suit? Yeah, I, I don't, you know, I, for me, I, I don't, I don't think, I think, you know, this is what the, the, the dress code is here. You need to put that, put those clothes on. Um, put those clothes on. All put right. those clothes on, buddy. Oh, wow. The poll question of the week is, do you believe that U.S. senators should adhere to a strict formal dress code? Yeah. I, I Yeah, that's just, I mean, what do you, what do y'all think? What's, what's your opinion on it? Do you think they should or shouldn't? I think you know, when they're when they're discussing issues, <laughs> that seems to go over my head. <laughs> when they're discussing issues, yeah. When they're discuss when they come on TV and they say, "Oh, oh this happened," and we try to do this to uh, make sure it doesn't, so to speak. I'm just you know paraphrasing, if you want to call it that. I'm not looking at how they're dressed. I'm looking at what's going to happen. Fair point. What's, what's gonna the end result gonna be for my situation? Okay. But do you do you think? I mean, maybe you don't. But might you subconsciously think that they're less intelligent, less sophisticated, less knowledgeable, less trustworthy, or any of these things, less legitimate if they're not dressed apart? Because I think some people might look at someone dressed like what they would consider to be a slob and think, well, I can't trust what they're saying. Who are they to represent my interests and talk about all these issues? Yeah, well, yeah, because, yeah, but, well, you know, I, I understand that. And it does, you know, appearance counts. I'll say that. Uh-huh. You know, and that's what you're taught. Appearance does count. So the suit, the tie, it's appearance is all in the appearance because, you know, even though he dresses like that, it kind of like makes you like, ah, oh, well, you know, is he, you know, what is he thinking sometime? Yeah. I mean, so people, you know, you can call you to pause, like, wait a minute. Right. <laughs> people might like it. Right. Some people might think, well, he looks like me. He dresses the way I dress. So I'm going to listen. Right. It's like more of a populist type vibe. 
Right. Um, in the so chat, there was a question. Be, you know, the question in the chat was that I guess no, they don't uh, think that people should be wearing um, casual clothes. The question is, how will foreign state officials look at us? We want to be taken seriously. Yeah, that's yeah, a concern consideration as well. Yeah, and I think that's really at the heart of this issue. Mm -hmm. Is it a reason to take someone less seriously, or do you take someone less seriously based on how formal that they're dressed? So they're not dressed up. Are they seen as less serious? Right, and and I think yeah. um, to 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 Sheba's point, um, yeah, that's generally what happens. Um, I think the question here is, um, should that be, should we be um, allowing that in in the highest halls of our government? Right. If you're if you're in your your office at work or in a company and you've got your business casual, whatever it is, or you're on the street doing things, I think it could be a little bit more lax. I think it may we're talking something a little bit different if we're talking right. about the highest seats of I government. Agree. Or even if you were a US senator in your own office and you had your, your dress shirt on, but maybe not the tie tied up and a suit jacket on, you know, that's fine. Be comfortable right. in, your, in your own office. But when you yeah, yeah. the hall, you know, the actual Senate floor, right? The halls of the U.S. Senate and you're yeah. going to actually vote on something and, and really do your duty of representing the United States in the Senate, then, yeah, I mean, I do think that that calls for a more formal attire similar to being in court. If a lawyer showed up wearing T-shirt, you know, T-shirt and jeans in court, I would look at him funny, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know, that could be, you know, it's our perception, but I think at least at present, that's kind of where, where my head's at with it. Yeah. You know, I do wonder where we'll be in a hundred years, right? Right. Like, right. Imagine yeah. just waking up from a coma years later and seeing everyone in the Senate in casual attire and the idea of well, suits being passe. Well, I think we, we saw that um, this past year, I believe it was in New Zealand, um, there was a, a an elected official in new zealand and he was traditional um new zealander and so again they had formal attire that had that required suits and ties but that is western formal attire mm -hmm. and his his culture formal attire is very different and so um for and he was allowed to go into formal proceedings wearing the traditional cultural uh dress that's actually a really interesting point. Charles Barron, who was a city council member and city and state assemblyman here, didn't wear the traditional suit because he said it represented Western culture and he didn't stand for those values. And so he was making a political point by not dressing that way. Right. Yeah. So, you know, that's I mean, all of these things are things that should be considered, I would have, I guess. Um, but uh, yeah, my point and position at this point would be, yeah, it shouldn't be that relaxed. I don't want to see. I don't want to see a senator showing up in their pajamas. That's just. Yeah, yeah that's a bit much. <laughs> well, no. we'll see what kind of feedback we get on that. As always, thank you all for joining us. I think Sheba should give us the bottom line this week. Yeah. Um. Oh boy, what could I give on the? Well, what would be? What would be? Well, I would say this. Um. The the bottom line is. Um, try Sally's uh, pizza. <laughs> okay. Yes, try it. And try Sally's pizza. And if it doesn't work, there's always one in your neighborhood that yeah. will. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one good thing about this area, right? No shortage of yeah. pizza. Jay, do Thank you have pizza? Do you have pizza near uh, 
near you? Um, yes. Um, pizza out here is generally not that good, in my opinion. Um, but um, and it's more it's much more expensive. I mean, like crazy for a small small amount. Um, but we've recently a uh, Pizza Hut and Domino's have recently opened up in this area, and so I can get some. That doesn't count. It counts, man. It counts. Now, I will say this. I will say this. I pizza in Japan is generally not that good, in my opinion. However, I wonder if it's closer to Italian pizza than American pizza is closer to Italian pizza because that Japan would have gotten it directly from Italy, and even in the the word that they use for pizza. Is pizza, which would be the same as in uh, Italian, because they uh -huh. got it directly from them, so they would have learned from there. Yeah. So, my American taste is it, it's okay, but it's not as as good. So I will do Pizza Hut since it's out here now, and I love the crust. Crust. But see, and when I was living in areas outside of New York in the U.S. that didn't have good local pizza places or, or any local pizza places, if someone said, "Let's call pizza," they automatically meant Domino's or Pizza Hut or Papa John's, right? There was no such thing as calling up for an actual pizza. It was always a fast food place. Like you couldn't say to them, let's get, let's order pizza, but not like a place like Domino's. They'd say, what do you mean? Like they that didn't compute with them, you know? They don't, they, they don't exist like that really in the most of the country. Um, yeah. It's mainly chains for pizza. It's not like New York where there's a lot of mom and pop and independent uh, pizza places you go anywhere in the country you pizza it's papa john's it's domino's it's pizza hut and that's you know california pizza kitchen maybe um and that's pretty much and it and you do have pockets of the country with their own takes on pizza like chicago has their deep dish yeah. right has pizza. Yeah. but largely they come from chain chain type of stores cc's uh little caesar's trash pizza um it just anything other than that so yeah. Yeah, but in Chicago is a Jordani's. I mean, they do have their own local places as well. Yeah, with Chicago. Yeah, Chicago has a lot of local yeah. places. New Haven, um, like you said, has their own style. Certain, and then you know, all like I guess all throughout the Northeast, you'll see that. But yeah, like I was in Virginia, you didn't really see much of that, much of a pizza place at all anywhere. Yeah, not not this, not like New York. No. Yeah. No. And then in Florida, I think you have places opening up because a lot of people from New York moved down to Florida, right? So they try right. to replicate the New York experience with varying degrees of success. Right. So, all right. Maybe I'll open we started one up. and ended on pizza. You got to love it. Yeah. <laughs> Where so. can people find us, Jay? Uh, you can find us on various places on the internet. Go to YouTube at Nuance Show, Instagram also at Nuance Show. And then for the podcast, go Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, wherever spot podcasts are, and uh, subscribe. Shows automatically get pushed directly to your devices, and you get updated immediately when they go live. Gotta love it. Thank you all for tuning in. As always, we've got work to do. We'll catch you next time.